relentlessness. Relentless. The seduction of stuff. Relentless. The addiction of never enough. Relentless. The stresses of success. Relentless. The permanent possibility of access. Relentless. 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 I see a fracture and drift from our wealth and my soul, filling my deluded, empty dreams, but not the God-shaped whole. Relentless. The world is relentless, and we need Sabbath. And almost 4,000 years ago, God knew what we'd be up against. And I'm not sure you could, in your PhD dissertation, work it out. But I cannot imagine a world that was more stressed or more relentless than the one that we're currently living in right now. Mental health has got to be at an all-time low, particularly among our youth and our teenagers because of the relentlessness of the world that they live in. The relentlessness. And God said, take a day out. Take a day out. You need Sabbath. Now, it was uh, Rory's wedding yesterday. Rory, who was our intern for a couple of years, got married right here in Fitzroy to Leanne, and we had a great time. And uh, at the evening do, um, as the, uh, the, the long summer nights um, worked their way in, and we were out at a beautiful barn out near Ballanderry somewhere, don't ask me where exactly, and people start to ask the minister, so are you preaching in the morning? Yep. Have you any notes down? Uh, not yet. Um, and so I'm chatting to an old, old friend from youth club days. I was the militant atheist in Harryville Youth Club, Damascus Road conversion, and God sent us another guy who became the militant atheist for a period and then had the Damascus Road conversion. Don't be a militant atheist in Harryville Youth Club if you don't want to find God. So anyway, we're chatting away and where he was saying, what are you on about? And I said, well, actually the lectionary texts are Sabbath. And he went, oh, I've only learned about that recently. And you know why, Steve, he says, you know why I'm going to use a fictional name here? Old Granny Star. She really was a judgmental, harsh, austere woman. And Sabbath for her was not a pleasant thing. I hated it. I hated it, and I rejected it. But in the last number of years, I've realized that there is a Sabbath that we need that's got nothing to do with the one that Granny Star was afflicting upon us. We know that, don't we? I mean, I didn't grow up in a family that went to church, but I wasn't allowed to play golf on a Sunday unless we were on holiday or it was the Fred Daly Trophy. I was allowed to play for the team in that. Now there's a confusion for a teenage boy not sure what this Sabbath thing is all about. Or, and I'm sure I've told you before, and I'm not even sure it's true, but they tell me it's true, Church of Scotland minister 
two churches across the lake between each that he was looking after. And in the winter, the lake froze and he skated across the lake. But the Church of Scotland on that day had a similar kind of just watching what everybody was at as maybe we have today. And so he was dragged into presentry. And we had a commission. We have names for them now, 116 or 215 or whatever it is. And they interviewed him. And they thought hard about this. It was the quickest way from that service to that service because he would have to went round on his bike, but he skated across. So they did all the investigation and it said, I believe it to be true, but even if it's a myth, it's a good story, that he was allowed to continue skating as long as he didn't enjoy it. <laughs> the Sabbath we grew up with, the Sabbath we need rid of because we need the Sabbath that God had in mind. Mark chapter 2, that Janet read to us. Let's read it. I think this is Eugene Peterson. I think. I can't remember what I copied and pasted. Forgive me. Jesus said the Sabbath was made to serve us. It is Eugene Peterson. We weren't made to serve the Sabbath. The Son of Man is no lackey to the Sabbath. It's definitely Eugene Peterson. He's in charge. The Sabbath was made to serve us. We weren't made to serve the Sabbath, Granny Star. And then, early on in chapter 3 of Mark, we've read it again this morning, then he spoke to the people, what kind of action suits the Sabbath rest, doing good or doing evil, helping people or leaving them helpless? Deuteronomy that we read, isn't it interested in the Deuteronomy as opposed to the Exodus? Yes, we need to get rid of production and commodity, but slavery to empire is another reason why God suggests that we should have Sabbath. Slavery, relentlessness of empire, Pharaoh, Herod as it would become, capitalism as it probably is for us, Sabbath. A couple of things out of that. Sabbath is for us. It's for our mercy. It's a resource for us to serve us, for us to use for the good of not only ourselves, but for helping others. You know, I used to read this as the sort of the, the radical kind of let's free ourselves up from all this stuff. And I was thinking about Jesus and I was thinking about him having a different take on it than the Pharisees who were a bit like Granny Star. And then this week, as I pondered these words, I kind of started thinking, this is about the disciples who were hungry. This is about David who was hungry way back in the Old Testament. This was about a man with a withered hand. That Sabbath was not just for us, but for the service that we do out of Sabbath and sometimes even within Sabbath. I read a few different lectionary blogs and someone in one of those blogs this week looking at these verses and looking at sabbath said this sabbath is not for a break not for some time out or time off not for a job well done not just to recoup not for the completion of a week worthy of reward but rest is needed rest is essential because it anticipates action for the sake of life once again when the Sabbath is for the sake of life, then it means getting back in there and figuring out 
where life needs to happen. It's not just for rest. It's for something far more, something more resourcing and something more about service ultimately. You know my love of rock music and do you remember that year when Richard Blake was number one at Christmas and we had him playing the trumpet in church and I loved that. This morning we had we had uh, Richard Guthrie playing. Richard Guthrie played with Father John Misty last week at the biggest weekend and he is the coolest musician. You might not have heard of him, but he's the coolest musician in the world right now. Not Richard, Father John Misty. <laughs> Although from what I've been researching, Father John Misty's not quite as good on a bike as Richard is. But anyway, it brings me seamlessly, but I needed to kind of get that out. Um, One of my favorite bands in recent years has been The Head and the Heart, and they have a song called Let's Be Still. I've used it before. The world's just spinning a little too fast. If things don't slow down soon, we might not last. The world's not forgiving of everyone's fears. The days turn to months and the months turn to years. So just for a minute, let's be still. Just for a minute, let's be still. It's a graceless world. It's a demanding world. It's a relentless world. It's an unforgiving world. And here's a rock band that are getting in their head what God was on about in the Ten Commandments. We need to be still. Now, the smartphone has not helped this. A number of years ago, when we went on holidays one summer to Spain, I remember I used to take the phone that I had then, and I would put it in a drawer in the morning, and we would go out, and we wouldn't think about anybody or anything but us for the rest of the day. And then I would come back, and I would just check whether my mother had phoned, or my cousin had phoned, or Janice's dad had phoned. And if that hadn't happened, I went back in the drawer, didn't have to think about it, to the next day. And then I got a smartphone. And my camera's on my smartphone. So I don't want to leave that in the drawer. And my Kindle's on my smartphone. So for just that moment when the girls decide to go shopping in those women's clothes shops, it's good to have your Kindle. And to have a lot of books on your Kindle for moments like that. The weather's on the Kindle. My bank account's on the Kindle. All kinds of things, or sorry, on the smartphone. All these things on the smartphone, so I didn't leave it in the drawer. And then you'd be out there, you'd be lying on the beach, and you would look down, ping, and there was that email from Fitzroy. But I'm not in Fitzroy. I'm on holidays. I'm not opening that. But I never worked out whether not opening it was actually worse than opening it. Because if I opened it, I knew what it was, and if it wasn't opened, I really was wondering what it was. The relentlessness. Or putting it all up on Facebook. Or putting it all on Instagram. We have all these things that tie us in to the relentless world rather than getting rid of it. Rather than slowing our minds down to a speed that our bodies can move at, which it isn't usually at. Seeking to clear the clutter from our minds, sorbet as I call it, sorbet between that madness and the madness that is to come. To clear the clutter from our minds so that we can be creative and imaginative again. Soothing our souls from the bombardment of demands and all the disappointments. God's mercy of Sabbath. Sabbath 
in the first instance is not about worship. I think this is maybe Walter Brueggemann. It is about work stoppage. It is about withdrawal from the anxiety system of Pharaoh, as we read. The refusal to let one's life be defined by production and consumption and the endless pursuit of private well-being. There's the other assiduous little deception in our lives now. It's all about me, my private well-being. And relentlessly we seek that rather than God. So where's all this leading? As I was thinking about that during the week, I was thinking Sabbath. Where's the Sabbath? Where's the application of Sabbath for Fitzroy on Sunday morning? That's all very well, and some of it I hope you've already got. And then I thought, oh, two weeks tomorrow, 15 days, not that I'm counting, the stocky's head off on sabbatical. So what better way to try and share with you a little bit for a few moments what the stockies will be doing in sabbatical, why we're doing sabbatical, etc., etc. So first of all, I'm grateful for sabbatical. PCI encourage a week of sabbatical every year, and you can add it all up. And it's uh, 13 years since we were in Vancouver on our last sabbatical, so we probably have 13 weeks. But I've only been in Fitzroy for eight and a half years, so I didn't like to be greedy. And I thought I can ask for a week, a year in Fitzroy. We did two weeks back in uh, January in Uganda, and now we head off for six weeks. And I'm really thankful that there's an opportunity for sorbet, an opportunity to slow down in some sense. Two years ago, I tried to get a sabbatical but failed. I did, a, uh, I did a house swap in Vancouver. I thought, I'll get back to Vancouver. I'll get to Regent College. We'll do a few classes. We love Vancouver as a family. That'll all work very well. And then the girls rebelled and said, we're not going to Vancouver. How can you change the world in Vancouver, Danny? We're going to a playground in Arua in Uganda. Be careful what you instill into them at a young age. It might come back to bite you when you're looking for a decadent sabbatical. But reason for sabbatical is multi-layered for us. It is actually taking God's advice and saying that at some stage, you just need to take some time. Slow down. Seek God. Soothe the soul. We want to rest, but we want to recharge and we want to re-envision. We want that sorbet so that when we come back at the end of August, we'll be going, let's go again because... Maybe we'll not be quite so weary or whatever else. For us, anxiety is a wee bit of it. Janice and I are only children. And look at the size of this family. Now, if you live most of your life as an only child, this family is quite scary on a weekly basis. And we just need to step off for a time. We love you all. But we still need to step off from that social anxiety, I guess. But the other side of it was, I thought, I want to do this while the girls are still with us. In a few years' time, they'll be wanting to do their own sabbaticals. And so we're going to the place that they love the most. And I see them at their 1010, life in all its fullness the most. But there's more to it than that. We want to go because we think it will be helpful for the re-envisioning of Fitzroy and for the continuing work of Fitzroy. The Fitzroy-Onealaku relationship is strong. It's strong between us and Onealaku through fields of life in Portadown, but it's also incredibly strong here in Fitzroy, and we're thankful for that. Many of you sponsor children. That's why Janice is after those cards to give to the children when we're there. 
Many of you come to the sewing nights and the nights that we're getting crafts together to go. Many of you have given so much stuff that we don't need any more stuff, but we need suitcases for your stuff. And many of you are going. 20 of you as well as the Stockmans at the start of July. So we decided we wanted to go to build relationships in Onilaku. <clears throat> Ugandans are wonderful, but you need to be with them a long time before you find anything out. And you need to ask them loads of questions before you find anything out. Um, I'll bring it to the surface just to tell you a story. One of the things I am doing when I'm there is I'm writing the sabbatical or the, the memoir for Trevor Stevenson who founded Fields of Life. And, uh, and one of the chapters, um, you'll love this book. You'll all want to buy this book if I can get it down from its 138,000 words that he's written to the 70,000 words that we need. 2010 in this man's life. Plane crash in Entebbe. Isolated for Ebola. It wasn't Ebola. Just now that's spoiled. It isn't. That's a spoiler. I should have waited that you read the end of the chapter for that. Um, uh, bomb. One of the teams was at a soccer watching one of the World Cup matches in, on a big screen in Uganda. And there was a bomb. Claire uh, Nickel, who's a member of ours, was actually in the stadium at that point leading a team. And there was a scandal. Two schools that were built weren't built. And Trevor was in the office in Kampala. This is what I'm telling you about relationship and finding information. Trevor's in the office in Uganda and he says to somebody, how's that new school in Gulu going? Oh, really good. So they really like it. Oh yes, they love it. It's just a shame they have to go into the church building when it rains. What do you mean they have to go into the church building when it rains? Well, there's no roof. What do you mean there's no roof? Well, they just didn't put a roof on it. Now that took all of that time for Trevor to find out that somebody was spending the money on themselves instead of the roof. But it took time. So four years going up to Onilaki, we've got really strong relationships. But we want to put more time to get more confidence, to get to know the staff, to get to know those who run the school, to get to know the area. We want to know, can we buy wool in Onilaki or in Arua rather than bring it with us so that you don't have to give us it? Can we take less suitcases full of stuff? What can we resource? And Janice will be doing a lot of that in the market, trying to work some of those things out. We want to test what we've done. Are we doing it right or are we toxic? Are we actually doing harm to Onilaki Primary School or is what we're doing helping to sustain the school, grow the school and develop the school? When do we need to stop sending 24 suitcases full of stuff? When do we need to have a plan to be able to say you're sustainable without the help of Fitzroy? What will our relationship with Onilaki be at that point? All of these are the things that we want to do when we're there. Somebody then says, I thought it was a restful sabbatical. And I would take them back to this morning. It's not about lying on a beach for two weeks to get rest. It's about somehow changing where you are, being closer to God, switching off what you do, and certainly doing less, but doing things that might refresh, envision, and help others. So we're going for six weeks. The first week, we will be in Kampala, where Jasmine will be doing her school work experience. I was in the room when the teacher rang her up at home and said, where are you doing your work experience, Jasmine? And Jasmine says, oh, I'm doing it in Kampala, in the Fields of Life office. Oh, really? 
She's thinking of African studies and development studies. So let's see how that might work. Then we go up to Arua for a week to get ready for the team coming in to develop those relationships, to explore the town and do various other things. And then we come back down to Kampala to meet the team and to go back up with them for uh, over a week in Arua. When the team leave on the 16th of July, we then have two weeks and we'll have to work it from there. Do I need to keep writing this book? Do I need to concentrate on writing this book? Is there anything that's happened in Arua when we were up there that might need us to go back to Arua? We're not sure exactly what will be happening after that. But what we do need to know is, we do need to know that this is a time for us to refresh, to re-envision, to be outside of the social anxieties or the schedules of Fitzroy so that we can come back to Fitzroy willing to serve and be more able and eager to serve. So pray for us. We are grateful for it. But what about all of us? How can this summer, or maybe it's into September, October, how can we find a place to switch off from being slaves to empire? To get a chance to do something maybe different. To get a chance to be with God to get a chance to stop the relentlessness. It's only going to get more relentless. So maybe more than the last couple of generations, we don't need Granny Star's Sabbath, but we do need Sabbath. We do need sabbatical, and we need it really badly. We need to do it really well. Let's pray. Our God, we're aware of the relentlessness. Even now, we're thinking about maybe this afternoon or this evening or tomorrow morning or later in the week. Lord, help us to see that your grace and your love and your care for us is that you would give us this time, Sabbath, sabbatical, where this day would serve us rather than us serving it. Where this day would be somewhere where we would get restored and resourced and refreshed, realigned and re-envisioned to continue the work of the kingdom. Lord, we pray that you would repair our faulty view of Sabbath, but that you would show us the urgency and the need for it. And how to work it into our lives in such a way. In such a way that you would slow us down. That we would seek your face. And that we would be soothed in the midst of the relentlessness. By your spirit, agitate us, Lord. Until we find time for sabbatical. We ask it in your name. Amen.